direct from Music City. This is live from Nashville. Tennessee. I'm your host, Gary Holt. Joining me is my co-host, my lovely wife, Miss Mary Kay Holt. Good morning, Mary Kay. Good morning. Wonderful to be here. Gorgeous day and a great show lined up. It is a beautiful, beautiful day. I mean, after some of the weather that we've had here in Nashville, Tennessee, it's great to see a little sunshine and some pleasant temperatures. And uh, you weren't used to that in Utah. You did not have this kind of weather out there, did you? (laughs) 
No, we were just starting into the spring thaw, which meant a lot of mud. And I'm certain there's a lot of mud here in Tennessee as well, but it's so gorgeous. Beautiful, beautiful day. Well, as you said, we have a fantastic show today. We're going to be joined shortly by Mr. Lance Cowan and share some great music from a new album that he has called So Far So Good. And then in the second part of the show, we'll be joined by Edgar Loudermilk who is the leader of the Edgar Loudermilk Band. So we're going to have a great show today, but we're going to kick things off for this first segment. A great song by Mr. Lance Cowan is called Blue Highway. We'll be back in just a moment on Live from Nashville. I grew up by the side of a blue highway In a town not much more than a wide, wide place Rand McNally never called a name He just traced the curves in the blue highway Well, I guess I've seen most all the 50 states On vacation in station wagons, license plates They were lost in wondering how they'd strayed And wound up on this blue highway That blue highway You might get lost before you find your way Though it winds and winds, it always winds up I was 17 when I got the need to go Cause I'd seen my dreams go rumbling down that road Mama cried, Daddy waved when I pulled out on that blue highway That blue highway You might get lost before you find your Though it winds and winds, it always winds up someplace, that blue highway. Well, I've chased my dreams down that broken yellow line, burning up the young years of my life. More and more I miss that place at the far end of this blue highway. That blue highway You might get lost before you find your way But it winds and winds, it always winds up someplace That blue highway Well, leading off our show today with one of my very favorite songs from the new album, we want to welcome to Live from Nashville, our friend and a very special artist, um, Lance Cowan will be joining us. How are you doing, Lance? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Mary Kay? I am great. Much better. That that song is just a breath of fresh air. I really love it. Thank you. I like like that one you started with, too. The Susie Boggess one was pretty. 
pretty rocking ones. Yeah. I love that. That's a gorgeous um, one too. Yeah, they're both they're both songs that feel like spring is on its way, you know, you can feel the wind in your hair. You know, I start counting down to spring about October the first. <laughs> 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 Good morning, Lance Cowan. I'll, I'll jump in right hey, quick. Gary Good morning, Hall. my friend. How are you doing? How are you? I'm doing great. Such thank a you. such thank a great album. Such a great album. So far, oh, so good. You. And uh, we're going to play as much music as we can from the album. But Lance, for 30 years, you've worked behind the scenes with some of the country's finest songwriters and artists. And now, your very first album. So what was the decision to come out with your first album and share some of the great music that you've written and performed over the years? Yeah, I'm just a procrastinator. Oh, you know, the thing is, I waited until <laughs> CDs were obsolete before I put one. It was good. I thought yeah, it was a strategic yeah, yeah. move to put one out after, you know, after the CDs. No, no, no eight tracks, no eight tracks, no cassettes, no CDs. So yeah, yeah. You can download it. You you can download it you as can a download it. Yeah, it on all the popular yeah. streaming. Uh, and that's what people are listening to. Yeah. I know it. I know it. I miss CDs, and well, I, you know, as, as long as we're talking about missing, I miss vinyl records. You know, that you could plan your whole yeah. weekend around those. But, but oh um, yeah, yeah. You, you know, you know, I, my wife and uh, has been encouraging me to put this out for a long, long time. And I finally decided it was time. You know, it's, uh, I, I don't know what else to say than that. <laughs> it's just I'm well, slow. To me, <laughs> thank you, to thank me, you, Nancy. It feels like a, a master class. <laughs> that album feels like a master class in songwriting. It really is diverse. It really is. I'm really glad you put it well, out. And it really well, is a I'm lovely gonna collection of songs. I'm going to have to quote you on that, Mary Kay. I'm going to have to use that as a quote. Please do. Yeah. <laughs> Please do. Well, I you know, and I, 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 had, I agree with your wife. I'm glad you got this done and out. Well, thank you. I'm, I appreciate your, your support. You know, there have been there have been a lot of people who have, who have supported me over the years with this. Um, my... My manager is a guy named John Porter, who has, you know, encouraged this for 30 years. He and I used to work together at Vector Management. We managed, um, you know, through this company, we managed people like Lyle Lovett and Nancy Griffith and Newgrass Revival, among others. And John has always been really supportive of, of my music. And when I put this collection together, he took it and ran with it. And I tell you, I couldn't ask for a better friend than John. He is just you know, been amazing to be, and um, I, I'm really blessed. And of course, then you know, the guys who played on on the record are not slouches themselves, and no, they were they were generous Aren't. enough to play with me on this too. And they're some of the best musicians on the planet. So well, just go ahead and I tell us who those guys are. Go ahead and tell us who those well, guys are. Well, among them, of course, Pat Flynn, who is an old friend yes. of mine from Newgrass Revival, an amazing guitar player. Danny Dugmore, who for years toured with Linda Ronstadt and James Taylor as their pedal steel player, and and um, I was kind of in, you know amazed that, that he would play on this. Uh, Dave Palmer was on here. Uh, Keith Sewell I, plays with the Chicks, and he plays on it. Uh, Julie Lee sings one of the 
one of the tracks. Sam Bush, of course, plays mandolin on several tracks. And, you know, arguably Sam is the finest mandolin player on the planet. He's certainly the most important mandolin player since since Bill Monroe. And a doggone nice guy. So, (laughs) you know, I'm... I just am, you know, I, I'm kind of pinching myself over all this. Yeah, I want to know what you had on these guys that they all volunteered to be part of the album. <laughs> That's my question. Yeah. <laughs> well, as long as they behave, no. you won't know. <laughs> all right, all right. We'll keep it a secret. We'll keep it a secret. Hey, I'm going to get to the title cut. This is a great, great album again, as I said. So far, so good is the title cut. We're going to take a listen to that and come back and talk more with our good friend, Mr. Lance Cowan, in just a moment. On live from Nashville. Another cup of coffee black, another ache in my poor back. You think by now I'd have. Traveling alone But it's just me in this old car A thousand miles of broken tar I just saw a falling star So far, so good, so far from home I bet the folks all miss me so Maybe not, well, who could know? Things like that are touch and go, but what's a man to do? I'm out here on this interstate, it's 3 a.m. and I'm wide awake. And as long as this old car don't break, so far, so good, so far from home. And the ones I Good. That is the title cut from the album, new album by Mr. Lance Cowan. 
And uh, Lance, did you say that that Friday this would be available on on all streaming platforms? That's what they tell me. Uh, I'm, all right. Uh, I'm kind of excited about it. I don't bl- well. That's the first time for you, isn't it? Yeah, I you know I've watched everybody else put them out for a long time. <laughs> you know, it's funny <laughs> is I, I've um, I've worked in in the music business for for more than thirty years now. And um, uh, this is also new to me. I'm, I'm learning so much from this side. You know, Mary Kay's been doing it a little bit longer than I have here, so you know all of this <laughs> stuff, and I'm I'm learning about it. It's it's kind of mm-hmm. crazy. Just when you think you know something, you go try and do this. You know, release a record, you'll find out you don't. knows what he's doing. That's so yeah. cool because it's. It's giving you new insights because you do work with artists. Um, you know, I love that our listeners get to the thing that is great about Live from Nashville as a show is it gives our fans who love music kind of a back, uh, kind of the backstory of not only the songs and the artists, but what it is to have those connections to Nashville. And you are a person that spent your career in Nashville, and you really feel you you get to know while you're here that it really does take a village and it takes a career of building relationships and you feel that on this album. But now that you've released this, you just have another, you know, insight in how to promote, encourage your clients as well on the other side of the business. I, I guess it'll make me more sympathetic to them when, when they call and they, they, call and they say, We were all trained for that. Lance, uh, okay. <laughs> let, let, let me ask you a question while you're talking about, you know, you're new to this side of the, the business. But uh, you've been a publicist for, for a long, long time. And uh, so many of our friends that you have worked with. But for someone that's going into the recording side of things uh, an artist that's out there what kind of a team do you need to put together to be a successful artist well you know to to um to really to really succeed you've got to have you know steve warner told me once that for a record to succeed it has to it's like a car and all the pistons have to fire and i think he's right you know you can you can have a publicist and if that's all you got you're going to be lacking because you need to have somebody who's covering your booking and you need to have somebody uh, who's covering your radio promotion. You've got to have somebody who's covering your, you know, your business dealings. And, and um, that's, it's hard to put that team together. I, I've got, I've got friends who are, you know, well-versed in all of those and um, seem to, you know, to be willing to help out. But it's it's tough. It's not an easy business to succeed in. And I think last time I was on Mary Kay and I talked about this, it it just you know what you what you're successful in depends on what your expectations are. Now, if you're trying That's to get out and be the next Taylor Swift, then you may be disappointed. But you know, for me, I felt like putting this record out. I felt I. I finally realized that I had not been a, a very good steward of these songs. You know that that I'd been leaving them here at the house. I've been, you know, some of these songs are 30 years old, and I'd not been, yeah. you know, taking good care of them. And I thought, well, I owe it to the songs to 
to get them out. And and the thing that's really magic about this is when you when you offer your your songs up and somebody uh, has an emotional attachment to it. You know, if somebody responds either by by laughing or one of the songs on this record, Fields of Freedom, uh, an old college friend of mine got the record, and he said, and he's not a crier at all. And he, when he listened to Fields of Freedom, he said it brought him to tears. Well, there's nothing that makes me happier than knowing, well, not that I've depressed Did somebody cry? made him cry. Yeah, I like to make people cry. <laughs> so, you know, just getting, just getting somebody that, that feels something in your songs, it's really the main reason you do it. I, I imagine yeah. Mary Kay would tell you the same thing, wouldn't you? Yeah, I would agree. And I really love how you talked about being a steward of a song. And it, it, that is a lovely way to say it. And it's so true. You feel the weight of this creation. Mm-hmm. Because, um, well, yeah. I believe that you, I believe these songs come from, from God. And if you're not yeah. honoring the gift he gives you, you know. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I think you're not. I think you're not honoring the gift and not respecting. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. And yeah. a, a good friend of ours that you have worked with for a long time, R. W. Hampton, says God wrote the song. I just held the pen, and I think yeah. that's a great way right. to put it. Yeah, God right. wrote the song. I just held um, the pen. So I'm going to get to the song that the might make people cry. Yeah, that is the main reason. Oh, we're going to talk more about about this this uh, being good stewards of music. But I want to listen to another song. This is This Heart of Mine. Tell us about This Heart of Mine. Yeah, I used to have a routine where I would go out, and a lot of nights I would go down and hear other songwriters play, and if if they inspired me, I would come home and work, you know, really late. And I I used to have a place down in Brentwood that overlooked the city up on a hill. It was a great little apartment. And I would come home and turn everything off except one little light on the, my desk. And and um, I, I came home one night and worked till about three in the morning with just a, one little light and a and a and coffee brewing until I got that song finished. And and um, you know it's it's my first single. It's um, doing really really well, uh, I think. I mean, it seems to be getting a lot of great attention. You know, I, I, I don't know what to measure it against because it's my first time, but, it, you know, it seems to be doing well. I've looked at the numbers on on Spotify, and they seem to be climbing pretty fast, and I'm getting good response to it. So, heck. That's <laughs> all. Well, here we go. That's what you want. Here we go. Here yeah. we go. This heart of mine. It's Lance Cowan. We'll be back in just a moment on Live from Nashville. Everybody tells me to just rest easy Cause they don't believe it should take much time Everybody tells me I'll find another But they don't know this heart of mine Everybody tells me you're leaving will help me It's for the best they say I'll find But all this is their own situation and 
they don't know this heart of mine. This heart of mine is forever. This heart of mine is for sure. Though you're gone, I can't forget ever. Cause this heart is mine. Tells me they know what I'm feeling. They've all felt worse pain sometime in their life. Funny, but that don't bring no healing. Cause they don't know this heart of mine. This heart of mine is forever. This heart of mine is for sure. Though you're gone, I can't forget ever. This heart is mine, still you. You pack your bags and all your belongings. You walk right out of my life. Now I'm praying soon you'll start along the heart you left behind. beautiful song. You know, uh, we were talking about being a steward of a song. And while the song was playing, I had so much fun looking at your website. I went over to Spotify to find your song, your album there. I went over to um, Apple Music and found your single. This is the single that's been released, so you can hear this right now. And so as... You're being a good steward of these songs. And you know what I love about your website, Lance, is you have this um, section with the videos, and you have you singing the songs, just you and your guitar. Can you tell us what was... You know, that's so funny. Um, John called me uh, the Friday before Valentine's Day and and um, said, maybe we, I wish we had a video. So... I started thinking what would work for Valentine's. Well, the, the most romantic song on this album is For You, which is a song I wrote with my friend Mark Elliott. And mm-hmm. uh, so I, sp- I got this software on my computer, and this was on a Sunday afternoon when it was raining and everything, the Sunday before <laughs> Valentine's Day. And I spent all live long day editing that video <laughs> on my Mac. And after about six or seven hours of doing this, and my, my wife set up the tripod for me and helped me, you know, helped me out with it, uh, coordinated my clothing, combed my hair, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> and, um, and then I had to edit all of this together, and I got about six or seven hours in and lost everything. Oh, my <laughs> 
go in and started rebuilding it. And then after another hour or so, I got it rebuilt and lost it again. And and I was saving it. I was saving it. But I figured it out. And so it took me about 12 hours before I figured out. (laughs) (sighs) But it's, you know, it's a song that I wrote with Mark for for our our partners. You know, mine, of course, my wife, Nancy's. Yeah. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I love it. It's amazing I love what you it. can it's do on your computer these days, though, isn't it? It really is amazing. And you know what? It is a learning curve because video yeah. requires such big files that yeah. it just, it's, yeah, it's more complicated even than music as far as, yeah, getting all the pieces together. But it's really beautiful done, beautifully done. And it goes back to that point. It's a way of honoring the song. It's giving... It's giving listeners more than one opportunity to hear the song, you know. So mm-hmm. I hope our listeners are, are are getting the fact that there are all, even though CDs and, and records are not used anymore, we do have so many different places to hear this music and support the artists like yourself who are working so hard to, you know, honor these songs and get them out there. That's mm-hmm. so. mm-hmm. true. It's true. Um, it's just having to relearn it every day because it changes. <laughs> yeah, well, Mary, there's Mary no Kay, breaks. Mary, it changes all the time. Yeah, Mary yeah. Kay has a new song that's out. I think it's going to be available Friday as well. And um, I didn't see her for two days. I mean, it's like, what are you doing? I'm working on the video for this song. I didn't see her for two days. I don't know so, what she's So is the video for. out Friday, Mary Kay? No, the video has already been released, um, the, and the song can be downloaded on my website, but it's released to streaming on Friday. Okay. So I, I, saw I was the, trying. Um, I saw the photos you had. It looked like that water might be cold. It was very cold. <laughs> <laughs> it was very cold. Oh, gosh. Yeah, <laughs> but but you in, or was that planned? Oh, it was planned. <laughs> I kind of had a vision. I had a vision for what I wanted, and uh, I love photography, and, and I have a friend that's a dear friend. Yeah, so I climbed in a freezing cold irrigation pond. But I see that your cover art is very interesting as well for your album. Can you tell us about your cover art? Well, that's that's my grand my great-grandfather in that picture. That's um, John Henson and his wife Molly, my great-grandmother. And my two aunts and that and the little boy is my grandfather. I think he was about nine years old when that was taken. So that wow. would, would have been about 1900. Wow. Wow. Um, well, it's a great, great cover for the album and it's a great album. You. And we're going to get to another song from that. And uh, the title of this song, Mr. Cowan, is Mr. Ben McGee. Tell us about this song. I wrote this with Sam Gay. And, um, yeah, I guess it, when you co-write, you kind of pull every every idea in. But this, yeah. my grandmother, Daisy Cowling, she could play anything. She could, you know, she could pick up a, a guitar and play it great, an accordion. She won some fiddle contests up in Kentucky. So, you know, bringing in the music side of this uh, was was pretty important. And it seems to be the personal side of this, even though it's not my my 
my grand, I'm probably I'm giving away the song now by telling that. <laughs> but um, it's a song I wrote with Sam Gay. That was one of the first songs we wrote together. Well, it's a great song. It's Mr. Ben McGee. We'll be back in just a moment. Ben McGee just turned 93, but most folks would never guess his age. He farmed all of his life, outlived his daughters, sons, and wife, and rarely spoke about his younger days. He had an old silver tone hanging on. Every night he'd take it down And play his favorite songs He'd sing one for his country He'd sing one for his Lord And he laughed when he sang About that old T-model Ford He sang one for the woman Who shared his life that one for last cause she always made him smile Mr. Ben McGee felt as fit as he could be the morning they took him to the home and though his mind was crystal clear he would sometimes disappear and travel in his dreams back to the farm. He kept an old silver tone leaning against the wall. Every night he'd pick it up and play his favorite song. He'd sing one for his country and one for his lord. And he'd laugh when he sang about that old T-Model Ford. He sang one for the woman who shared his life. And he saved that one for last, cause she always made him smile. Well. I guess it was a peaceful way to go. And they sent for me to gather up his things. And as I sat there in his room all alone, his old silver tone was leaning against the wall. So I picked it up. And I played his favorite songs I sang one for his country I sang one for his lord I even laughed when I sang about that old Model T Ford I sang one for my granddad who shared his life 
guess I'll save that one for last Cause he always made me smile Mr. Ben McGee That is Mr. Lance Cowan from the album So Far So Good And uh Man, it's great visiting with you for just a little bit. You know, we talk we talk a lot about uh, different things off the air, but it's great to have you joining us on the show again. Oh, right back at you. I enjoy, enjoy talking to you. Yeah. Thank you. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. So we have enjoyed coming and visiting with you at the Bluebird Cafe, and, uh, and you play around Nashville at a lot of the songwriters' rounds. And uh, and people get to see you that way. Where where will you be coming up? You know, I'm I'm going to be doing my CD release party. Is that a party or a show? I don't know. It depends on if they let. That's a party. That's a party. Yeah. Yeah, that's a party. (laughs) Um, It's on my son's birthday, March 22nd, Friday, March the 22nd, and it's the um, it's the music room at Delgado Guitars. Okay. The music maker right. stage at Delgado Guitars on Gallatin Road, and I've got Pat Flynn who's going to come and, and join me. Oh, cool! Um, Pat's Pat's a mighty fine guitar player, and we thought he's a mighty fine guitar player. Delgado Guitars, yeah, uh, yeah at Delgado Guitars. It kind of makes sense that I would I would bring Pat, mm-hmm. and um, I'm just real excited about that. Uh, then I'm playing out at Rebus. The old Reba McIntyre farm, oh, yeah. Starstruck, Starstruck Farms in Lebanon, on March the thirtieth, and uh, got a few th- a few other things in the hopper. So uh, I'm I'm pretty excited about. Well, well and then, we uh, Mary Kay was Mary Kay was talking about yeah Mary Kay was talking about your website. So what is your website? How can people follow you? Thank you. It's um it's pretty easy, LanceCowanMusic.com. All right. Lance so Cowan Lance Music. Cowan and Music. that's C-O-W-A-N. Some people make a mistake and say E-N, but it's A-N. So All right. that won't get you there unless, you're, unless you spell it right. <laughs> All right. Lance Cowan, C-O-W-A-N, Music.com. And, uh, and can they get the album there? Can they download it? They, can buy, a, they can buy a physical record there. Um, All right. On Friday, uh, you, the, that's the only place you can get physical is uh, uh, Olivia Newton-John song, isn't it? Um, <laughs> you, can, you can get that at at my website. And then, of course, on Friday, uh, it, it will be available on all the streaming services for download through, through Amazon or iTunes or you know many others. And you can listen to the single at either Spotify or Pandora or Tidal. It's you know that's it's at all of them. All right, all right. And then Lance, we'll we'll have to announce his tour a little bit later on because I'm sure that's coming. I'm well, sure that's Lance coming. is like, wait a minute. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, let's, let's, um, I'll keep you posted. All right, keep us posted. <laughs> Keep it close. We'll have you back and talk about that some more. But anyway, maybe, we I, have can do, maybe I can have a, a maybe I can have something on the calendar with Mary Kay that we can. There you we go. I would love that. We would all there love you that. Go. 
There you go. It's, I was I was going to ask real quick because you had mentioned something about writing the two of you getting together and write. So what is your process for writing? Do you have a daily process or how do you do it? You know, I wish I wish that I were that disciplined, but I'm not. I you know I I, I sit down and I and I love when I co-write. I love to love it when my co-writer doesn't come in with any ideas and I don't either, and we just sit down and find an idea together. You know, cause it, like for one thing, that gives both of you ownership of the song, and you know, and mm-hmm. you both contributing to the direction of the song. And I really like that process. Um, but it's it just whatever strikes you. Sometimes I'll find a really good you know guitar part I like, and write around that. And sometimes I'll come up with a you know lyrical idea and and then let and then run with that. And then sometimes so do you write it down? You record it? And think, it? I mean, Boy, what you... a mess! Yeah, I I I, I kind of do. Voice memo. Uh, it just depends. Um, you know, Nancy Griffith said once that that um, she never wrote her lyric down when she was writing a song, which I thought was amazing because she said if it wasn't a good enough lyric for her to remember, then it wasn't a good enough lyric. And yeah. Wow. I I try and do that. I, I try and write to a line that I can remember without writing it down, but. I do have to cheat from time to time and, and pencil it down. <laughs> if for nothing else, just to make sure you're in the right meter and you're not, you know, and you're, because there is a craft to it. You can't just throw every word out there. You've got to, it's got to fit syllables and, you know, it's got to fit the music. Got to fit the music. But I, I always admired her for doing that, for being able to do that. I would have never guessed that about her writing. Yeah. Yeah, she wrote some pretty memorable things, didn't she? She yeah, sure did. She did. She did. Yeah. Well, listen, you have been great to have on the show and visit with today. The album is so far so good. You can get it at LanceCowanMusic.com. And uh, Lance, we're going to close out this segment with a great song from the album called Lost and Found. And uh, let's get together and have some lunch, my friend. Look forward to doing that. I'd love to. And thank you guys for supporting me on this. I really, really, really appreciate it. Thank you. You are We're so very welcome. So very welcome. To Lost and Found, it's Lance Cowan from the album So Far So Good. We'll be back in just a moment on Live from Nashville. There's a little house on the skirts of town. I remember it well. I can see it now. White frame on hallowed ground Where most of my soul was lost and found Bought a beat-up falcon when I turned 18 And I sped away for a childish dream Never looked back, never turned around I was Headed out to get lost and found I was headed out to get lost Man, it's a twisted road It leads you to God knows where Suddenly back where you come from It's no longer
to live from Nashville, heard around the world at our website, equestrianlegacy.net, and on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and most streaming platforms. Just search for Equestrian Legacy Radio. When we come back, we are going to be talking with Mr. Edgar Loudermilk today on Live from Nashville. Walking on the water, he's reaching out and without a doubt. 
break it down, he will stand and deliver. He'll guide us through the middle of the night and take us to the banks of the river. I hope you have some family pictures of that. That'd be great. That would be great. Yeah. 
we do back in the I've got some pictures of our family bands, you know, through the years and it was uh it was good. Fruitful times for me in the early days there. So I grew up in a in a family band and I did that all through my teens, you know, until I uh I I joined up with a group. I I left our family band about the age of eighteen and, and mm-hmm. I joined up guys who were from around my region in the Carolinas and we played festivals and music scene around here a lot. And that band was called Carolina Crossfire. And I that was kind of my early uh, writing when I started songwriting was wrapped around okay. that band a lot. And that band was stuff that I was writing, you know, and uh, and a lot of that material that we were doing then, we didn't record. We were just playing a lot. But a lot of the stuff that I wrote while in that band came out on that project that I had to come out in 2005 on Mountain Fever Records, and it was stuff that I was doing back in the late 90s with that Carolina Crossfire band. Oh, very nice. Oh, wow, 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 wow. Well, it's always great to find out how somebody got started and in, 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 uh, yeah. in what their instruments were, And uh, but to imagine at nine years old sitting up on that freezer playing the bass, <laughs> I figured they'd have, to, they'd have to prop that some way for a nine-year-old to be handling it. That was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. I had to work with it. I uh my my grandpa had the means with that old chest freezer, so <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh. I want to get to some more music real quickly. We're gonna come back and talk visit more with Edgar Loudermilk today, but right now we're gonna to get to one called The Deal That Won't Go Down. Tell us about this song, Edgar. Well, this is a song I wrote with a man, longtime mandolin player. I've been on the road with a guy who plays mandolin, and he's a big co-writer with me. Me and him both do a lot of songwriting. A lot of the material out of the six records that we've got is stuff I co-write with Zach, Zach Autry on mandolin. And me and him wrote this late one night. We were traveling. I actually was headed on I-80 West out of Denver, Colorado, and you're going through those canyon walls out there. Yeah. And it put me yeah. Of a Western. I love Westerns, and I've always loved cowboy music and watching my grandpa mm-hmm. love John. Stuff. So it put us in that feel. I was looking. We were actually in a snowstorm, and it was about 3 in the morning, but it looked like it was daylight out because everything was so bright with all the snow. Yeah. Right. So it put us in the feel and put us back in the idea of a Western, and this is coming from the angle of a cowboy who catches himself in trouble and he has to hit the road on the run, and that was written uh, with Zach Autry about 3 o'clock in the morning coming out of Denver, Colorado. So, All right. Deal this is the deal down. that won't go down. Here we go. I'm 
morning but had a wandering eye. I was beat by Lord of Muskies the night I saw a kid from a tall and handsome cowboy with the one I love the best. Many years I've been a gambler, but what else could I do? I had to get away from me and you. songwriter story song yeah. uh, one, well, one you know, thing to tell y'all you know y'all heard of the Leuven brothers the famous Leuven brothers oh yeah well I'm, well I'm related they were actually Ira and Charlie Loudermilk from over in Sand Sand Mountain Alabama and I saw my dad when I was six years old sing with Charlie Leuven on stage and I was standing with my grandpa my grandpa all teared up and that struck a fire under me I thought man this is a big deal and seeing my my dad sing with Charlie Leuven and my grandpa that emotional. I left that day wanting to play this music. And that phrase you just said made me think of the Leuven brothers mm-hmm. because their, their songs, they had an album, songs that tell a story, you know, and that was mm-hmm. uh, the Leuven brothers stuff, a lot of storytelling songs. So that was embedded in me at a young age and early in songwriting. I love the story songs and I love a song. If somebody pitches me a song that has a story behind it too. And that's, it sets mm-hmm. up for I love to hear the stories behind the songs. So, well, you know, you've had a lifetime in the music industry, and um, I I got a later start in music, but I have watched a lot of family bands and been on the road with family bands, and then watching yes. the kids turn eighteen, twenty, move to Nashville, and kind of start spreading their wings, and so it's. Really, it has been fun for me as a grown adult musician to kind of watch the younger musicians go through that. And looking at your bio, that's exactly what you did. You know, you learn from your family band. You have those great, um, a great heritage with the story you just shared. And then you kind of spread your wings. And um, you were on some pretty big stages with Rhonda Vincent and Marty Raybon. So tell us about those years. What did you learn from those experiences? Those were some early days, too. I'll tell you another story talking about that. Miss Rhonda Vincent, 
was my first professional job working with her. And she, uh-huh. I'm forever indebted, and I'll tell y'all a story that happened with Rhonda. I was working with that band Carolina Crossfire, just to tell you how my uh-huh. transition with her. I was around 22 years old, and I was working with that Crossfire band. Well, one of the guys in the band told me that Rhonda Vincent was looking for a bass player. And this was, she just won Entertainer of the Year. So I I knew she was a really big deal. And I didn't know how to get in touch with her. And I found a CD at a flea market, of all things. (laughs) And I, I opened that insert to this CD, and I found the phone number in the CD. And I called that number. And Herb Sanker, her husband, answered the phone. And, you know, Rhonda came from Rhonda come from a family band, so my story right. was inter- my story was interesting to her because I told her that's how I came up. I've been playing my family band all this time. So Herb got all my information, and she said, yeah, they would like to do an audition. And they were auditioning folks in Nashville at the Ernest Tubb Records shop like a week later. And so wow. I just called. Whim got that phone number out of the CD, and I went to Nashville. I had never been to Nashville in my life, so I drove <laughs> up there. And uh, y'all know how it lays there. And I was right there, yeah. Broad, the Ernest Tubbs right. shopping there, and there were a lot of bass players auditioning for Rhonda. Uh, it was like a row of people, and I was standing in there, you know, intimidated. I was the last one to go because I was the last one she lined up. So I was, <laughs> I was in there kind of waiting my turn, and all these guys went in, and they seemed like they went in the back room and come out pretty fast. I was watching it, and uh, <laughs> I was the last one to go. And uh, I went in the back room, and she started singing. And I always prepare myself, you know, if I'm if I'm going to audition for a band. I want to know their material, know the parts. She told me to focus on which harmony parts, you know, to focus on on which songs. So I did my homework, and I felt really prepared. And when I went in there, I realized I was playing a lot of songs, and I was in there a good 20 or 30 minutes. And then she said, well, thank you for learning. And we went out there, and I started putting my bass up. And when I was putting my bass up, she said, have you ever been to the Opry? And... I was like, no, I've never been to Nashville, let alone the Opry. And so she, <laughs> oh my and she said, follow me. So I, here I am. And she said, they're okay with you leaving your base here. And I left the base in the back. And so I follow her across Broadway, cut through Tootsie's. I'll never forget this. Went right through Tootsie's and come in the back alley, the back way in the Ryman. And she went up and talked to the lady that's uh, at the desk there when you're coming in the Ryman, the back back alley there. Uh, and that lady said, yeah, I could come in as Rhonda's guest. So she took me into the Opry that night, and her brother was playing bass with her that night, and they did their two songs. You always do two songs on the Opry. Mm. And so I'm blown away, you know. I've never been to Nashville, and here I am at the rhyme, and <laughs> looking out, looking out in the crowd at the balcony, and it's like, what am I doing here? That's what I was thinking to myself. So I'm standing behind the curtain, and I'm watching Rhonda, and then she pl- performed her two songs, come side stage, and she said, I wanted you to experience this and tell you you've got the job if you want it. And she hired oh, wow. me. Oh, my gosh. And she hired me on the stage of the Ryman. So that started my professional music career, standing on the stage of the Ryman. And it was a – I'm forever, like I say, indebted to Rhonda, and it was such a cool start for me to – 
go audition, you know, and just in the way that happened by chance, you know, getting a CD and just it all come together. Yeah, the number. That, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Like wow. It was wow. And then one week That's later, kinda... yeah, a week later, I was on CMT Live performing my first time on the Opry, like one week later. So it was really uh, <laughs> from, from not doing anything working in a, as a machinist mm. in a shop in North Georgia to a week yeah. later performing on the Opry myself on, on a televised what, course. So, what did your family, how did your family respond to this? Oh, they were all excited, and I remember, you know, my mom, a whole bunch of people came to the Opry mm. that time, that day when I went up yeah. there and I performed on the, on the Opry my first time, and then my other, you know, the other folks in my family sending me messages. We were tuned in. We're watching back then. It was on CMP, oh. and I, everybody was yeah. tuned in. And, uh, so that was uh, that was in the the end of 2001 going into 2002. That was my era. Oh, wow. 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 Yeah, it was wow. a, a wow. good start wow. for my career, my professional career. That's a, that is a great story. That is a great, great story. Well, I want to get some more music. And this okay. is one called I Hope She Sings. We're talking with Edgar Loudermilk of the Edgar Loudermilk Band today on Live from Nashville. There's a lot of things I've learned On this way of life I've chose Things don't always go my way That's just the way it goes But in a rise in this world I stand tall I hope that I can be A help to show her just how much A loving life can be In her own way. 
guitar player out of Troy, North Carolina, that is blowing everybody away, and his name is Jake Goforth, and I'm so excited about the back half of this record. We'll have Jake on it, and he is a monstrous young guitar player. And those that Jake are Goforth is that just really is that just name? Yes, Jake that's Goforth. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, and he's a great young player, and he's uh, oh, that's yeah, he's awesome. doing wonderful. And I'm so excited to have him on the band, and then on the fiddle. We have Mr. John Bulware, a longtime friend and fiddle player of mine. He lives in Chattanooga, and John Bulware, he's a he's a great addition also. So we've rounded out in a five-piece mm-hmm. band, and we, you know, I have a lot of fun with these guys. We play a lot of shows. We traveled. We did 110 shows last year, and I traveled. Oh, wow. Country. We play cruises. Uh, I go from Maine to Ontario to New York. Oregon, California, Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Montana. Yes. We have got a lot on the books this year upcoming in front of us, too. So we travel. We've got a bus, and we travel really hard, and and it's very fruitful. But I have a lot of, you know, when you travel like this, you really got to like the fellas you're running the road with. And we have got (laughs) a really good team, and we have a lot of fun together. I will say I'm, I'm a blessed man to have the guys. To, to run the roads with that I do. Oh, that's Love great. That. That's great. So Edgar, I, uh, Ranger Doug Green with Riders in the Sky is a friend of ours. And, and yeah. so I was asking Doug one day, I said, how is it because riders have been together now for 45 years? And I said, yeah. how in the world have you guys stayed together so long? And he said, we never sleep in the same room when we're traveling. <laughs> that's <laughs> <laughs> so that's the secret to longevity right there is never sleep in the same room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I want to get to another song. This is a great song. This is The Dark Side of Lonesome. Tell us about this song. Yeah, this song here was uh, a one from the same uh, track. I'll, I'll make this point, too, real real quick. Y'all played I Hope She Sings right. there just a moment ago. That song, a lot of folks. That's one I wrote also, and this is on the this is the title track that we're fixing to play. But that song, I hope she sings, was my song to my daughters. I did want to make mention. Oh of that. wow! That's one yes, I I can tell from those tender lyrics. Yes, that was my song, and I didn't know what I was going to do with it. I had that song on the shelf for a long time, but now my daughters are fifteen and seventeen. So about a year ago, I thought the timing was right, and we have had mm-hmm. great nominated at the Josie Music Awards for Song of the Year, and it meant a lot to me because that's my song to my girls. So that's when y'all just oh, played that's the special. song. And, um, and it is on this album. This next song here is one called The Dark Side of Lonesome, and it's the title track. It was the first single and charted and did really good for us. And this song here, uh, I was driving by myself. I wrote this song exclusively myself late one night, and I, I did every bit of this. The whole arrangement and everything was in my mind. When I got done driving that night, I had this song mapped out, and I wanted to write a bluegrass song that sounded like an old bluegrass yodel that you hear, like Blue Yodel at Monroe and them. Oh, yeah. I wanted to write a bluegrass song that had that kind of format, but I wanted it to be one of my own. And so I was driving, and I had that, uh, Mm. you know, a lot of times when I try to write a song, I try to write a signature melody hook. You know, you have a hook, you know, that you write lyrically. Right. But those little signature melody hooks are really good in songs, especially bluegrass. Those little hooks mean a lot Mm -hmm. and arrange them just right. And that that was what 
started this in my mind, and you'll hear it throughout this song, was that little melody line. So I wrote this yodel around that thought that I had around that melody line, and it came together really good, and we had great response out of this song. All right, well, this is a great song. This is the title cut, The Dark Side of Lonesome. We're talking with Edgar Loudermilk today on Live from Nashville. Crazy breakdowns and stuff that you don't expect. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. I, so I had some folks. The- I had some folks that were on. They were they were going into Canada to perform, and uh, their band members, it turned out, were all felons. So they could not cross over into Canada through the border because they had felon felony counts. So they had to hire that, new band members as they were traveling. That yeah. would be a bad yeah. thing in the office. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that would be a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I'll gosh. tell you this one. Here's a road story that I just uh, – uh, this was been 2019. <clears throat> I had to play in uh, South Texas down in Belleville, Texas, and it was a festival over there, and we were headed, and of all things, my van, because we have a bus, but sometimes if we have accommodations, you know, and it's a four-piece van, we'll travel in a small van, load up, and we got accommodations, we can travel cheaper, you know, and it's a two-day festival. They got cabins there, and it was nice, and I wanted to have a vehicle that was easy to drive around, my, I travel in a Toyota Sienna a lot when I'm not traveling. Mm, okay. But, but my okay. Sienna was in the shop, so I had to borrow my wife's vehicle. And she had a, a Highlander. And she's like, just avid, do not, I don't want you taking my car. You know, you boys are nasty. I love, you know, she babied this car. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so like, okay. I'll take care of it. I promise nothing will happen to this car. And I had to eat those words in the biggest form <laughs> because I was going through Houston. The very one time I borrow her car, I'm going through Houston and trying to figure out where we're going. And I'm looking up and the road signs are high up above your head. And so I'm looking up to see if I can find my exit. And I looked down and the car in front of me just swerved out of the way all of a sudden. And somebody had missed their exit and just bowed up and stopped. And we were all going like 65 or 70 miles. And I had cars on every side and I had to lock it down. And I slid a good 30 or 40 yards to hit this other car in the rear end and total my wife's Highlander. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, Oh, no. no. (laughs) Gosh. And she had just gave me the third degree about how to take care of her car. Don't don't let anything happen. So I told her Highlander, and here we are sitting in stop traffic, and we've got to play that night. So it's like, oh, man, how am I going to make the gig? So we jump out of the car. I mean, traffic's bad there in Houston, and we run over to the side, you know, and have to make a call, and it takes a long time. You know how those things are always you're waiting on somebody. So I'm looking at right. my watch, thinking, and I'm telling these guys, like, boys, there's no way. We're not going to make this gig. So they ended up wrapping it up, and I watched them take my wife's car off to never be seen again. Oh, jeez. So we run across town. A guy took us to where we could go to a rental car, and we rented a van, got all of our stuff out of the Highlander, and and got to the gig. I had to call and get the band that was right uh, right, uh, before Mm. us or right after us to trade with us so we could make the gig. So we almost – we almost made our regular showtime, but I scrambled and totaled my wife's car and still was able to make the gig and play that night. So that was oh, a, wow. a, 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 a for you that happened to me. Uh, never uh, again will I borrow my wife's prize vehicle. So since then, I came home, though, I will say this, and I bought her a Toyota Sequoia. So, <laughs> there you go. She was happy. She was happy. So I, I stepped up from the Highlander and went ahead and got Sequoia. Yeah. Oh, gosh, that's funny. 
That is funny. Well, Edgar, you have been so much fun to have on the show today. Yes. And uh, I know people are going to want to know how they can find you. So what is your website? The website is edgarloudermilk.com. You can see the whole tour schedule, all the news of the band. We've had a lot of nominations this year already. A lot of things are unfolding. We have Facebook, all the social media outlets. I'd love to hear from you, share your pictures and your stories. And I love, we, you know, we've got fans all across this nation, but they're more than fans to us. They're our friends. There's people who host yeah. us. And, man, it takes a village to do this stuff. And we have yes. got a team that rallies behind us everywhere we go. And I'm amazed at the outreach that this music has, has brought to me. And, uh, you know, if it wasn't for the people and all the support, that's what makes it happen. DJs mm-hmm. like y'all, people with radio shows, it's it's pretty amazing mm-hmm. what uh what can happen when you have a team behind you? Well, it is. Well, it is. And, yeah, you were going to say what, okay? Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, I wanted to encourage everybody to go go over to the website. Um, um, Edgar, you have one of the most comprehensive, really fun websites to look through. And, man, you're, you know, go over to the show schedule. It's, y'all are busy, busy. And you've got a, gosh, you've even got a fan club and a cruise on the horizon. Uh, Mm -hmm. You've got festivals and events that you help put together. So, you know, really following your, your website and you on Facebook is, it's, you know, get to get to a lot of information. So yeah, go over there and find, sign up on the email list. Yes, please do. And I appreciate that. And that is com and Mm eggerloudermilkfan.com. And I appreciate all the support, y'all. Thank y'all. And uh, maybe one of these days, Mary Kate, we can write one. So I know you write one. Yeah, I would love that. I would love I'm, that. A story song. We'd have to find a good story song. There I would you love go. it. So there let's trade him from. We'll try to do that on the horizon. So. There you okay, go. Yeah. Well, Edgar, we're going to close out this segment with my Picasso. Now, who who wrote this song? Now, this song right here means a lot to us, and it's done really good. And this song, I know this ends up for an award, and it was spent a lot of time in the charts. And uh, to tell y'all, and I know you know this guy, there's a bluegrass DJ named Jerry Iker. He has a bluegrass show mm-hmm. called the Old Hippie Bluegrass Show, and they have a lot of fun. I do shows once a year with this guy. He's one of those guys who I talk about being an outreach that's really behind this band. He helps me out so much, but... He was at my festival, a festival that I promote up in Georgetown, Ohio, and he told me, he said, Edgar, and I get this from a lot of writers, I'm a a singer-songwriter, so I don't record a lot of stuff outside of my own catalog, but he said, I've got a song I want you to hear, and as much as I love Jerry, I was like, I was busy that day because I was working the event, but I I was like, this is Jerry, I'm going to take a minute and go listen. I was so glad Mm -hmm. I did because the minute I heard this song, I was halting everything that was going on around me and asking him, please hold this song and let me have it because it had me at the word go. Mm, yeah. And especially, I like story songs, and this is a huge story song. Jerry told mm-hmm. me about it, waited for me, and I knew Jerry went out west a lot looking and seeing the wild Mustangs and the wild horses all out west. He always does that. He has horses and he loves horses. But this song here was very special because – he wrote this song about the most famous wild Mustang in American history, one called Picasso. Uh, the horse got its name Picasso. He lived in the Sandwash Basin of Colorado. He got his name Picasso because it was so. It was said he was so beautiful that he looked like a Picasso painting. 
And he lived over 30 years in the wild. They tried to bait trap the horse, and it's like he was untouchable. And I thought this story intrigued me. And I looked up Picasso, and there's a lot of videos and a lot of photos, and he is a beautiful, magnificent uh, mustache. Mm. It's beautiful. And his story still needs to be told. He was last seen in 2019, and uh, and he's got a cool story. And he had legions of followers, too, from all over the world would go out to the San Juan mm. Basin just to try to find this horse to take a photo of him. So that's how much fame he had around him. And so when Jerry told me the story, and then he played me this song that him and Rick mm. Lane wrote. I I had to have it because it's a good it's good content for me setting it up on stage talking about Picasso and honestly bringing awareness. People look at the Wild Mustangs from our show and look at the horse Picasso and the sand wash basin. So it's, it's drawing attention through this song to that horse and uh, it's just a, a really neat thing and I really loved it from the first time mm. I heard it. Well, it is a great song. It is Edgar Loudermilk Band. Edgar, it has been great to have you join us today on the show. Thanks. And we look forward to having you back. Yes, I want to be. I've got more uh, I've got more cowboy music, too, coming out on the back. I've got three more songs. That, what? Uh, so cool. So, and it's, and well, it's on the back side. These are the first two singles from this album, but I've got more, and I can't wait to share it with you. So hopefully maybe we can revisit oh, this. Oh, yes. More cowboy We'll look music. forward to that. And and yes, we need more road stories from you. If, yes. if it can match that one you told today, I'd be surprised. But yeah, I'll be I'll be ready now. Some of the other ones. All right, <laughs> all right, Edgar. Thanks so much for being with us. We appreciate you. Yes, friend. thank you. Thank, thank you, so Edgar. Much. And thanks right, to all thanks the listeners. So much. All right, this is my Picasso. We'll be back in just a moment on live from Nashville. By a lightning bolt, the 4th day of July Sandwash Basin, that's where we made his home and the wildest horse those parts had ever known A stallion so elegant, so sleek and so lean Stood out from the herd with its coat of brown and cream Bait traps wouldn't catch him, he knew how to survive Became a celebrity, the fastest horse alive. A body must stay, running wild and running free. Shining night with your black mane, one day they will crown you king. You'll never feel the weight of a saddle. When stallions charge in battle, well, they slash upon his throat. A prince striking hard, tearing at his coat. Picasso was so valiant and always stood his ground. Although he was fearless, he knew when to back down. Horses still run wild in the desert's way out west, but there is only one. 
Make your angry face. 